Oh, please be seated. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone, on this beautiful, beautiful May day. Um, on behalf of the whole HDS faculty, it's my great pleasure to welcome all our graduating students and their families and friends to this service of celebration and thanksgiving. Many of you have traveled from all over the United States and from distant parts of the world to be with us. So thank you for making the effort to come and celebrate it with us. We are really delighted you're here. My sincerest greetings also to everyone who's following us online. We extend our thoughts to everyone today, near and far, as we celebrate our extraordinary class of 2023. We're grateful to all of you. So please allow me to be the first to congratulate those of you who will graduate tomorrow, the spectacular, beautiful, wonderful class of 2023. Let's join, give them a hand of applause. We, your faculty members, are extremely proud of you and all that you've accomplished during your years with us. We know we have taken a toll on your life expectancy <laughs> with uh, demanding classes, late nights, all-night sessions, too much caffeine, frequent and relentless papers and exams. But you made it. You made it. Um, congratulations. <laughs> And now we very much look forward to watching and benefiting from the work you will do in the world after you leave us. You will join a distinguished cast of HDS alums who have made a difference in the world of scholarship, ministry, creativity, and service. Following the conferral of degrees by Harvard University's President Lawrence Bacow in Tercentenary Theatre tomorrow morning, we'll gather again one last time under this tent tomorrow afternoon to award your diplomas. But before all that happens, we're gathering with you this afternoon for this one last service of reflection, celebration, and above all, thanksgiving. I've been given the honor of addressing you one last time as dean later in the service. So this year, we're all graduating together. <laughs> but now I'm delighted in true HDS fashion. We're coming together today across the many spiritual and religious traditions represented in this graduating class. This service will not look like any liturgy or ritual that many of you have ever experienced before. <laughs> Rather, it will look and feel like the class that is before us today, varied, eclectic, vibrant, talented, passionate, and even at times a little edgy. So thanks to all of you for helping us to begin our commencement exercises together in a spirit of gratitude, joy, and unity. After the service here today, and after the class photo, we'll continue this celebration with a reception and communal gathering. So I hope you will join us for some refreshments and convivial conversation um, under the tent on the other side, on the Francis Avenue side of the campus. So congratulations, class of 2023. Thanks to all of you who have loved and supported them all of their lives. It really does take a village of ancestors, grandparents, parents, families, friends, and supporters. So thank you all for what you've contributed. 
So, class of 2023, we are thankful for all you've accomplished already and for the difference I know you're going to make in the years ahead. I'm now very glad to let the service proceed, and I'll speak to you later. Welcome to the 2023 multi-faith commencement service at Harvard Divinity School. Throughout this service, we will witness offerings from the sacred traditions and backgrounds of members of the graduating class, including songs, spoken words, and other modes of expression. Some might feel new to you, others might be familiar. Each is a gift to all who are present. May we receive these offerings as such with compassionate curiosity intentional openness, and heartfelt gratitude. As we begin, I invite each of you to take a deep breath. Allow yourself to be fully present in this joyful moment. As we gather for this special occasion, we remember that we do so on the ancestral land of the Massachusetts people, the original inhabitants of the Boston-Cambridge area. We give our respect to the people of the Massachusetts tribe past, present, and future. May we honor this land where Harvard is located, which remains sacred to the Massachusetts people. Here at Harvard Divinity School, we come from many diverse backgrounds and belief systems. Injustice and instances of violence have shaped our lives in a variety of different ways. We have each been impacted differently by the global pandemic, depending on our social location and life circumstances. Yet, we are united in our determination to act for what is good in the face of atrocities and oppression. Together, we acknowledge and hold space for our pain. This includes the grief we feel as a community for the loss of our beloved classmate, Judith Giller Leinwald, last summer. In the midst of our pain, we also hold space for hope. Our commitments to justice, benevolence, and healing are interwoven through our work and strengthen our resolve to move forward together. We not only seek to act for what is good, we dare to believe that goodness is possible, even when it feels improbable. To my fellow graduates, thank you for your devotion to that goodness. To you, my peers and friends, I extend a heartfelt congratulations and a special welcome. Welcome to this moment of commemoration in your life. May you feel joy. Welcome to the end of one chapter and the beginning of all that is yet to come. May you find rest. To all who are present in this space, please remember this, you are welcome here. May we go forth from this service today with courage, with peace, and with renewed faith in the existence of goodness. Thank you. Friends, family, and beloved community, as we gather on these sacred grounds in celebration of this, our commencement from Harvard Divinity School, let us be mindful that, to paraphrase the words of Maya Angelou, we come as one, but we stand as 10,000. That on this shining New England day, 
We share this accomplishment with a cloud of invisible witnesses whose lives, legacies, successes, and sacrifices we all stand upon. Libation is an ancient tradition practiced in many cultures. In our service, we will use the African approach of giving honor, reverence, respect, and recognition to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand upon, our elders whose shadows we walk in by using water as a symbol to represent the continuity of life and to purify and nourish our souls. I ask that you join me in this sacred act by bringing to mind the names of your ancestors whose spirits you wish to honor this day and when asked to, call their names. After each name has been spoken, we will all respond with the Yoruba word ashe. Let's say it, ashe, which in English means so be it or amen. Let us begin. We pour libation in recognition of the creator and the source of all life. Let us say, Ashe. We pour libation to Mother Africa, the birthplace of all humanity. Let us say together, we pour libation to the remembrance of our ancestors who died during the Middle Passage, ancestors who suffered enslavement, our native ancestors who faced genocide, and our Jewish ancestors who suffered the horrors of the Holocaust, and all other ancestors who suffered and sacrificed at the boot heel of oppression. To our native and African ancestors named in the Harvard and Legacy of Slavery report, let us say together, Ashe. We pour libation to our benevolent ancestors whose lives and legacies of abolition and legacies of resistance blaze freedom's trail. Let us say together, Ashe. And now, I invite you to call the name of your ancestors whose spirits you wish to honor and join us in celebration today. And remember, as each name is called, we will all respond with Ashe. I want to begin by calling the name of the late great Reverend Professor Peter J. Gomes together. Ashe. 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 
And just so, for those of you who are not aware, we learned today that Tina Turner has crossed over into the ancestral realm today. So let's say together. And finally, we pour libation for the dreams in our hearts and the world we will create for generations yet unborn. Let us say together, We all strive for safety, prosperity, comfort, long life, and dullness. The deer strives with his supple legs, the cowman with trap and poison, the statesman with pen, the most of us with machines, votes, and dollars. But it all comes to the same thing, peace in our time. A measure of success in this is all well enough, and perhaps is a requisite to objective thinking but too much safety seems to yield only danger in the long run. Perhaps this is behind Thoreau's dictum, in wildness is the salvation of the world. Perhaps this is the hidden meaning of the wolf, 
long known among mountains, but seldom perceived among us. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقرأ اقرأ بسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم كلا إن الإنسان ليطغى أرآه استغنى إن إلى ربك الرجعى أرأيت الذي ينهى عبدا إذا صلى in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. Read in the name of your Lord who created. Created man from a clot of blood. Read, your Lord is the most bountiful one, who taught by the pen. Taught man what he did not know. Yet man behaves arrogantly because he thinks himself self-sufficient. Truly, all will return to your Lord. Have you seen one who prevents a worshiper from praying? The Lord will guide you always. God will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairers of broken walls, restorer of streets to dwell in. I 
A songbird sure of every note. I'll find out what my purpose is. I'll sit in the presence of now, in the still of the moment, not the stress of tomorrow. In the presence of now, in the still of the moment, not the stress of tomorrow. All my life, I've been dreaming about it like every night. Oh, somewhere in this world, I can be free. Yeah. All my life, I've been dreaming about it like every night. World, I can be free. Yeah. I'm in your hands. I'm in your hands. I'm in your hands. I'm in your journey by Nikki Giovanni. It's a journey that I propose. I am not the guide nor a technical assistant. I will be your fellow passenger. Though the rail has been ridden, winter clouds cover, autumn's exuberant quilt, we must provide our own guideposts. I have heard from previous visitors, the road washes out sometimes and passengers are compelled to continue groping or turn back. I am not afraid. I am not afraid of rough spots or lonely times. I don't fear the success of this endeavor. I am raw, in a space, not to be discovered, but invented. I promise you nothing. I accept your promise of the same. We are simply riding a wave that may carry or crash. It's a journey, and I want to go.
if I can't do what I want to do, then my job is not to do what I don't want to do. It's not the same thing, but it's the best thing that I can do. If I can't have what I want to have, then my job is to want what I've got and be satisfied. That at least there is something more to want. Since I can't go where I need to go, then I must go where the signs point. Though always understanding, parallel movement isn't lateral. When I can't express what I really feel, I practice feeling what I can express, and none of it is equal, I know. But that's why mankind, alone among the animals, learns to cry. Vaiguruji ka khalsa, Vaiguruji ki fateh. Ra gori purbi, bavan akhri, kabir jiyo ki. Ikyumkar, sat naam, karta purak, gur parsad. Bavan achhar lok treh, sabkach inhi mahe. E akhar khir jahe ge, o akhar in mein nahe. Jahan bol, Teh achhar awa, jeh abol, teh man narahava. Bol abol, mad hai soi, jas o hai, tas lakhe na koi. Allah laho, taukya kaho, kaho taako upkar, batak beej mein rav reho, jako tan lok bisthar. Ale lahanta ped chhe, kach kach payo ped, ult ped men bedeo, payo apang achhed. Turk tarikat janiye, Hindu bed puran, man samjhavan karne, kachuak padye gyan, onkar ad mejana. One universal creator god, truth is the name creative being personified by Guru's grace. Through these 52 letters, the three worlds and all things are described. These letters shall perish. They cannot describe the imperishable Lord. Wherever there is speech, there are letters. Wherever there is no speech, there the mind rests on nothing. He is in both speech and silence. No one can know him as he is. If I come to know the Lord, what can I say? What good does it do to speak? His expanse spreads across the three worlds and he's contained within it, just like the banyan tree is contained within its seed, and the seed is contained within the banyan tree. One who tries to know the unknowable Lord, his dilemma gets resolved, and bit by bit, the mystery disappears. Turning away from the world, one's mind is pierced through with this mystery, and one obtains the indestructible, impenetrable Lord. All religions and faiths have their scriptures and ways of knowing. To instruct their minds, people ought to study some sort of spiritual wisdom. It is the wrong of you, the leaving of chapels and arches, the slipping in moss 
and freeing from repentant, the layers of odor between each appearance. Come for me. I have kept your name in my bed, in places I say are dead, so no one can find you in me. Let us rest in the dark, the moat, your breasts, your arms, your ungodly hands. I'll tell what it is. It is your encampment around my curses, my ingratitude, your heft, your rock, your grit, your stay. It is how you brush your thumbs over my eyes. Your freedom, your penetrating honor, your stake in the shifting ground under all the mistakes of my little history. You come when I call, painted in good, in every stance, sovereign. Before the beginning, in need of no confirmation. You hold it all deepest, through and through. You hold it sure enough so I can let you. Deeper and then deeper yet, deeper yet. You stroke my hair and refugees find rest under the bruise that is your wing. Come for me, come for each honest, wound with wild, tender, feral mercy. It is the this of you, the divine delinquency of you come for me. It is the now that I am calling you.
times like those in which we currently find ourselves, it just makes sense. It just makes sense to pay attention to wise guidance. Of late, I found myself turning to words attributed to the Apostle Peter. The words of Peter, taken from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8, go something like this. Above all else, keep loving one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Troubles, injustices, evils, and sins, they swarm all around us. Anger, divisions, and fears abound. It is why hope is in such short supply. It is so hard to believe that anything is good, if only we could. So much easier to fuss and to cuss. It satisfies our flesh and it suits us, but it does not resolve nor change a thing. Perhaps it is time to lift every voice and sing. To my country. Tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee I sing. Sing to the earth and heavens ring as yet unheard. Sing like a bird to raise a petitioning word to God. Word. Word of a land so sweet, yet soured by theft, sullied with compromises by men so bereft of vision so smart, yet so lacking in wisdom that murder seems wise. Yes, murder and theft, while proclaiming a loving creator who wept from above at the rise of our wealth and the demise of love. My country, you say that we're free, O oh lover of liberty, but to thee, Truth stings. Lift every voice and sing for joy over liberty from taxes, then to bring down the axes on the freedoms of those who do not belong in some's estimation, but evil-isms are wrong. Sexism, racism, imperialism, weaponized theism, okay. political fanaticism. You understand that these are all key to growing the cynicisms, widening the schisms, while corrupting the prisms that we use to see that I so, so hate you because you first hated me. But with so much deep hatred, we'll never be free. Oh, why is it, my friends, that we cannot see that we will never receive the blessings of sweet liberty while stealing this land without any blame, while dividing this land to keep some in chains, while destroying this land and ignoring its pains. Now, removing our histories to avoid feeling shame, casting lies as the truth, saying truths are the lies, dismantling what's good with hands raised to the sky, shouting, Father, forgive us. We know now what we do, but we're chosen. We're special. We are reborn anew. Lift every voice and sing. My country, it is we who rise now awake and we ask of thee the value, the cost of all being free. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. 
even from the evil isms, even in this land where so many have died for being born dark or for showing their pride, in this land, this land of deep, deep divide, in this land over which our loving God has cried, in this land where anger we do stoke by whistling for dogs, chanting, canceled and woke. Woke, four-letter word. We must rise above by reviving another. I refer here to love. Love does indeed cover a multitude of sins, but lovers of God cannot be doers of hate. The rift's getting wider, no more time to wait on a city. Even a shining city perched high upon a hill, all eyes fixed upon us. Oh yes, they're watching us still. Be still and know. Know and believe we shall overcome, although we yet grieve our greed and our hatred. Our hates run so deep. Can we not dream although we yet weep and commit to let go of the ills that we keep? Think of the goodness that we all could bring to the table of love at which we together can sing, sing to the earth and even the very heavens will ring announcing that we were all so wrong. For we fail to acknowledge that we all belong. But if we sing out to God, from the muck we can wade, new plans can be laid, and hope, and space can be made for a new thing. Yes, yes, a new thing where we together lift our voice, every voice, and sing about our country, our country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty, of thee we will sing to God for a love that will cover our multitude of sins. No time like this very hour for us to begin. Our country, America, of thee we will scream to our present help, yes, the one who redeems to be our salvation, our peace from above. If we truly desire the rise of pure love, then unto our God, our, our precious King, our Redeemer, I plead with you now, let every voice sing.
જેમાં મશાળ છે તે મશાળને સમીપે જેવો પ્રકાશ છે તેવો થોડેક છેટે નથી અને તેથી ઘણે છેટે તો મૂળગો નથી તેમ બીજે ઠેકાણે તો કિંચિત સુખ છે અને સંપૂર્ણ સુખ તો ભગવાનના સમીપમાં રહ્યું છે અને જેટલો ભગવાનથી છેટે થવાય છે તેટલા સુખમાં ન્યૂનતા થાય છે માટે જે મુમુક્ષુ હોય તે પોતાના હૃદયમાં એમ વિચારે છે જેટલું મારે ભગવાનથી છેટું થશે તેટલું દુઃખ થશે અને મહાદુખીઓ થઈશ અને થોડેક ભગવાનને સંબંધે કરીને એવું સુખ થાય છે માટે મારે ભગવાનનો સંબંધ અતિશય રાખવો છે અને હું અતિ સંબંધ રાખીશ તો મારે ઉત્કૃષ્ટ સુખની પ્રાપ્તિ થશે એમ વિચારીને અને ભગવાનના સુખનો લોભ રાખીને જેમ ભગવાનનો સંબંધ અતિશય રહે તેમ ઉપાય કરે તેને બુદ્ધિવાન કહીએ ધ બર્ડિંગ ટોર્ચ શાઇન્સ લેસ બ્રાઇટલી ફ્રોમ અ ફાર ધન ઇટ ડઝ ફ્રોમ અપ ક્લોઝ એન્ડ વેરી ફાર અવે દેર ઇઝ નો લાઇટ એટ ઓલ ઇન ધ સેમ વે એલ્સવેર દેર ઇઝ ઓનલી અ લિટલ હેપીનેસ એન્ડ એબ્સલુટ હેપીનેસ ઇઝ ઓનલી અટેન્ડ ઇન ધ પ્રેઝન્સ ઓફ ગોડ ધ ફર્ધર વન ઇઝ ફ્રોમ ગોડ the less happiness is felt. One who desires liberation realizes, the further I am from God, the more suffering I will face. I will become miserable. But even the briefest connection with God provides much happiness. I then wish to develop an enduring connection with God. And by doing so, I will experience the purest form of happiness. One who thinks in this manner desires only the happiness of God and maintains a close connection with God in every circumstance. Such a person is intelligent. I know the goodness of God, and I also know the hurts of this life. Of the very few things I truly know, the most certain drawn from the most vivid and inexpressible experience of my life is this. God is love, and our becoming so is what matters. I pray we may gain courage and faith to affirm the choice we made, to remember that we are active and alive and meeting suffering here because God knew we could and because we believed we could. Let us choose well the theology with which we frame our experience. Let us trust ourselves and God, asking continually for the help which is good. Let us love each other, mourn with each other, and sacrifice fear for courage. Let us seek reality and truth, forgiving ourselves and each other, learning to help ourselves and each other as we can. Let us become more like our God, who is good. We come to honor our losses and the world's grief. We know that we grieve that which we dearly love and that the depth of our pain is a reflection of our interconnectedness with others. 
to name just a few of the many losses and griefs we have carried together during our time at HDS. The global COVID pandemic, the lives lost and lives changed. Multiple wars across the globe. The recent earthquakes in Turkey and Syria. The loss of human rights, particularly for women and queer folks, both here in the US and around the world. The unprecedented rise in refugees seeking safety and the hostility they face at far too many borders. Ongoing occupations and the difficulty of surviving in politically contested territories. The thousands of human remains of indigenous people and enslaved people of African descent still being held in the Harvard museums. Ongoing climate chaos and the escalating impacts on those that have done the least to cause it, both human communities and the wider natural world. Ever rising gun violence, both mass shootings and police killings and all other instances of violence and ongoing structural inequities driven by white supremacy, heteropatriarchy, and other forms of oppression here at Harvard, in this country, and around the world. And of course, during our time at HDS, all of us have lost people dear to us, beloved ones we count spiritually present here with us today including our classmate, Judith Giller Linewall, whom we lost last summer. We'll hold a moment now of quiet in honor of all who are gone and all we have lost. And then we invite you to join us in singing our way forward. deeply in my life as a prayer. May I be well used, may I be well used for healing, liberation, and repair. I trust deeply in my life as a prayer. Yeah. 
the spiritual and not religious, or to the souls who are seeking and questioning within or beyond the boundaries and constructs of religious institutions, I offer you this poetic excerpt, Song of the Soul by Khalil Gibran. In the depth of my soul, there is a wordless song, a song that lives in the seed of my heart. It refuses to melt with ink on parchment. It engulfs my affection in a transparent cloak of and flows, but not upon my lips. How can I sigh it? I fear it may mingle with earthly ether. To whom shall I sing it? It dwells in the house of my soul, in fear of harsh ears. When I look in my inner eye, I see the shadow of its shadows. When I touch my fingertips, I feel its vibrations. The deeds of my hands heed its presence. As a lake must reflect the glittering stars, my tears reveal it as bright dewdrops reveal the secret of a withering rose. It is a song composed by contemplation and published by silence and shunned by clamor and folded by truth and repeated by dreams and understood by love and hidden by awakening and sung by the soul. It is the song of love. It helps, now and then, to step back and take a long view. The kingdom is not only beyond our efforts, it is even beyond our vision. We accomplish in our lifetime only a tiny fraction of the magnificent enterprise that is God's work. Nothing we do is complete which is a way of saying that the kingdom always lies beyond us. No statement says all that could be said. No prayer fully expresses our faith. No confession brings perfection. No pastoral visit brings wholeness. No program accomplishes the church's mission. No set of goals and objectives includes everything. This is what we are about. We plant the seeds that one day will grow. We water seeds already planted, knowing that they hold future promise. We lay foundations that will need further development. We provide yeast that produces effects far beyond our capabilities. We cannot do everything, and there is a sense of liberation in realizing that. This enables us to do something, and to do it very well. It may be incomplete, but it is a beginning, a step along the way, an opportunity for God's grace to enter and to do the rest. We may never see the end results, but that is the difference between the expert builder and the worker. We are workers, 
not expert builders. Ministers, not messiahs. We are prophets of a future, not our own. Blessed are your children, God. Blessed are the sacred, weird ones. Blessed are those who are different. Blessed are the ones who are too loud, too bold, too wild, too much. Blessed are your children, God. Blessed are those who struggle with self-harm and self-hatred. Blessed are those who strive to accept the person they see in the mirror. Blessed are those who strain each day just to survive. Blessed are your children, God. Blessed are those who persist. Blessed are those who persevere. Blessed are those who prove to the world each day that diversity is divine. Blessed are your children, God. Blessed are those whose, whose ancestral queer footsteps we walk in. Blessed are those who marched and marched and marched before us. Blessed are those who dare to dream and dare to demand justice. Blessed are your children, God, every single one of them. And blessed are we, as we tirelessly, courageously, imaginatively co-create a world with you. A world where all people know and feel and have love. All sexualities, all genders, all gender expressions, all families, all bodies. Holy One, Guide us toward your strange, boundless, undefinable love. And when we are met with the sneers, side eyes, and shame of the world, remind us who is the one who walks this journey with you, with us. That's you. The one who has shattered every norm, every box, every shackle that holds us down and calls us to do the same. Amen.
长亭外，古道边，芳草碧连天。晚风拂柳笛声残，夕阳山外山。天之涯，地之角。知交伴零落，一壶浊酒尽余欢，今宵别梦寒。Again, I just want to um, to say a big thank you to all participants, creators, players, singers, organisers, helpers. Um, it made this really a beautiful community occasion. Thank you so much, everybody. Let's give it up for all the people. Thank you. here today are to some extent survivors of the COVID pandemic. Though many of you have suffered loss or illness or mental health issues of varying severity, we have all been through some hard times and we have needed one another. One of my favorite activities during the pandemic was to walk around our campus during its renovation and recreation when it was a building site watching the old stripped bare for conservation and the new slowly rising was somehow therapeutic. Quite often in my perambulations, I was accompanied by my young granddaughter, Hadley, who was just over two at the time. Hadley had a name for all the trucks and cranes and the workers played along with her with waves and friendly comments. 
Hadley assumed the role of site supervisor, <laughs> and she enjoyed the attention. On Easter Sunday in April, she and I went for another walk along a beach in Cape Cod. We were the only two people on the beach. The beach ran along a fast-moving tidal inlet, and as the tide went out, it left little sand islands separated by water channels of varying depths. Hadley dressed in boots and an oversized coat, hair flowing in the wind, loved playing a game of island hopping, depending on me to rule when the water was too deep to mess with. She took my hand as she moved from sand island to sand island. And when she jumped along an uneven rocky pier, reaching out to the sea, she reached from my hand once again. The greater the sense of danger, the tighter she took my hand. On the way back home, she started to collect little golden shells for her mother. I was allowed to help in her curation of shells, but my offerings were subject to ruthless quality control. <laughs> As my shells were tossed aside for being too white, too flawed, or simply because she had not picked them herself. <laughs> In quality control mode, Hadley is not a soft touch. <laughs> Throughout this little expedition, I knew that Hadley depended on me and trusted on me to assess danger levels. The more adventurous she became, the more she needed me. She trusted me, and her trust freed her to take more risks. During our beach walk, I was also too, too aware of how much this beach had changed over the last decade. And I could not help thinking about what this beach would look like in 20 or 30 years' time. Would it even be there? Would the row of cape houses framing the beach survive the rising sea levels? Would Hadley ever walk this beach with her own children or her own grandchildren? As these questions crowded in, I began to think more about Hadley's childlike trust in her grandfather. What if I was only trustworthy in the playful games of island hopping, but not really trustworthy in helping to save the beach itself? What if she looks back on her grandfather, not as a caring companion, but as a careless collaborator in the destruction of her favorite place? I thought of this little episode when I recently attended an event during Climate Justice Week at Harvard Divinity School, hosted by Terry Tempest-Williams, our writer in re residence, and the climate activist, Rebecca Solnit. About 40 students gathered around the outside fireplace just over there to talk about climate change. And at the end of the evening, the group agreed together that love and hope were better motivators for change than anger and pessimism. And then we were all asked, what did we love? I said I loved my granddaughter, but was troubled by what my generation was doing to love her. The next day I read a book on my bedside table by Jenny O'Dell entitled Saving Time, Discovering a Life Beyond the Clock. The main message of the book is that we've created a world centered on work, the office clock, or the profit motive. 
She advocates for different ways to experience time, inspired by pre-industrial cultures, ecological cues, and geological timescales that can bring within reach a more humane, responsive way of living. As planet-bound animals, we live inside shortening and lengthening days, alongside gardens growing, birds migrating, cliffs eroding, the stretchy quality of waiting and desire, the way the present may suddenly feel marbled with childhood memory, the slow but sure procession of a pregnancy, the time it takes to heal from injuries. We're urged to become stewards of these different, more natural rhythms of life in which time is not reducible to standardized units and instead forms the very medium of possibility. What got my attention in this book is the way in which our very existence in space and time has become dominated by a culturally constructed chronos. We clock in and clock out of our lives like factory workers, punching in and out of industrial time machines, built to measure every single minute for purposes of surveillance and remuneration. Odell writes, I believe that a real meditation on the nature of time, unbound from its everyday capitalist incarnation, shows that neither our lives nor the life of the planet is a foregone conclusion. In that sense, the idea that we could save time by recovering its fundamentally irreducible and inventive nature could also mean that time would save us. So what's the point of all this? Each of you graduating students are in an interstitial moment between one way of measuring time by semesters, credits, term papers, deadlines, and another measurement of time, the time of your own choosing. How will I make my life meaningful and choreograph my own days? You know that your own time at HDS was not just measured by the academic clock. You had peer group and mentoring relationships. You had time to experiment and think and discover things about yourself. You became critics and activists and passionate advocates for creation care and human flourishing. You had your hopes and aspirations refined by new, new knowledge and hard experience. You also found open time to simply contemplate, to dream, and catch up with yourself and identify your true feelings. So what comes next? I'm sorry to say that the next phase of your li lives may not be easy. My generation has left you with many troubling challenges. You may be thinking of people like me, the way I once thought of the generation that bequeathed the Irish troubles to me and my fellow graduating students half a century ago in Belfast. Why didn't they see it coming, I thought. What could they, why could they not see that societies built around exclusive cultural identities, unequal access to economic resources, and partisan political domination could not survive peacefully for very long. Why were they so resistant to change? 
when the grim consequences of sectarian paralysis and outright violence were so clearly visible. Over time, I came to see that opinions based on accusation and blame were not really change agents. In truth, we were all complicit in a problem that was centuries in the making. The real question was, could we reckon with past evils we had not created and present consequences we could not avoid in hopes for a better future we could still choose? For us, whether we are reckoning with the legacy of slavery and racism at Harvard and beyond, or with impending climate and environmental disasters, this is a moment for saving time and saving ourselves and the planet that we relentlessly abuse. In conclusion, I want to say honestly, I have more confidence in this wonderful graduating class than any other class at Harvard. It has been an extraordinary privilege getting to know many of you, and I have this opportunity to speak to all of you this afternoon. Someday when you get the chance to hold the hand of a dear child you care about, or one of your own beloved children or grandchildren, make sure you can look them in the eye and know that they can trust you to keep them safe in both small things and big things. Spending your time in soulful stewardship of this beautiful broken world and offering your hand changes everything. There's no better use of your time. It will save you.
friends. This verse comes from Arya Deva, a third century Buddhist monk and scholar from his treatise, The 400 Verses. And uh, this, uh, it's a verse that was communally transformed into a chant. And we're going to offer it to you today, and we invite you to chant with us. If you like being together, then why do you dislike parting? Doesn't experience show that meeting and parting come together? If you like being together, then why do you dislike parting? Doesn't experience show that meeting and parting go together? If you like being together, then why do you dislike parting? This is adopted from a prayer traditionally offered at the end of a study of a sacred text. Hadran alach madadatot, vadrachalan. Datan alach madadatot, vedatachalan. Lonit nashemineh madadatot, velotit nashiminan, lobal mahadin, lobal madate. We will return to you, divinity studies, and you will return to us. Our mind is on you, Divinity Studies, and your mind is on us. We will not forget you, Divinity Studies, and you will not forget us. Not in this world and not in the next. May it be your will, our God, and the God of our ancestors, that we should be loyal to your Torah in this world and in the world to come. Please make it sweet, God, our God. The words of your Torah in our mouths and in the mouths of our community of learners. And it should be that we, all of us, our children and the children of our community of learners, that we should all know your name and learn your Torah. We give thanks before you, Hashem, our God and God of our ancestors, for you gave us a share among those who sit in the study hall. For we arise early for words of Torah and not for words of emptiness. We work and receive a reward. We run towards eternal life and not to a pit of desolation. May it be your will, Hashem, my God, just as you. 
May it be your will, Hashem, my God, just as you have helped me to complete divinity studies, so too may you help me to start other tractates and books and to complete them, to learn and to teach, to observe and to enact, and to fulfill all the words of the teaching of your Torah with love. And may the merit of all of the Tanaim and Amoraim and Torah scholars be present for me and for my descendants to ensure that the Torah does not depart from my mouth and from the mouths of my descendants for all eternity. Carry on. 
Atea Bailey, Isaiah Briggs, Xavier L. Saeed. The HDS Commencement Choir is conducted by Christopher Hosfeld, Director of Music and Ritual. Members of the choir include Jude Ayua, MTS candidate, Sophia Dosher, MDiv 23, Courtney Godwin, MDiv 23, Elsa Kuntz, MTS 23, Virginia Shoulder, MDiv 23, Amelia Shenstone, MDiv 23, Ebony West, MDiv 23, Eve Walden-Mikael, MDiv Candidate. Sponsors, Office of the Chaplain and Religious and Spiritual Life. Copyright 2023, President and Fellows of Harvard College.